0: Agent Christine Bining sets the record straight on many rumors that swirl around the scam victim community, including one that I believed in my mom's case.
1: I mean, working in these cases, I've been an agent for 21 years.
0: I have not heard of that. I have not seen that. One thing I hear a lot in interviews on this podcast is, why is it that the FBI can't do more? I think you'll hear honest answers from an agent passionate about scam victims. Maybe it'll change your mind, and maybe it won't. First, just tell us uh, what your position is and how you ended up at the FBI.
1: My name is Christine Bining, and I'm a special agent with the FBI. I'm assigned to the Tampa Division, and I'm assigned to a satellite office in Melbourne,
0: Florida. Okay, which includes scams and...
1: Yes, frauds, romance fraud. Um, business email compromise scams, anything along that line. Okay.
0: So where do the victims need to go to report a scam?
1: Well, victims can always report crimes to their local law enforcement, but they're going to be limited as far as their jurisdiction is concerned. So it depends on the depth of the crime. I would recommend that victims, if they feel that it goes beyond just their local law enforcement, that they can report it to the FBI, and they can do that by several ways. They can either walk into their local FBI office, they can call them, or they can call the FBI's national tip line. Now, we also have an online website that they can go to, and it's designed for victims that have uh, complaints regarding a crime that was committed over the use of a computer. So, any type of, like I said, romance scam or business email compromise, and that website is www.ic3.gov.
0: And what kind of information are they going to need?
1: Well, the more information, the better. On that website, they can attach copies of records. So for example, if it is a romance scam, they can attach copies of the receipts. For example, if they sent any wire transfers, Anything over like Western Union, MoneyGram, any of those monetary business uh, transfer companies, they can attach those receipts from there. They should try to retain emails or any other ways of communicating with their scammer. But as far as just reporting the crime, it's going to ask you for, you know, your name, address, telephone number, your email address. And then it's going to ask you to describe, you know, what the circumstances were. But again, like the more information, the better. But the most important thing that I would recommend is just trying to retain any original evidence, maybe letters from the scammer, uh, anything that would help law enforcement prove that a crime actually occurred.
0: You talked about jurisdiction for a moment with the local police. Why Mm -hmm. report to the FBI, because we don't have worldwide, or you, I'm like, we, like, we we don't, the FBI doesn't have jurisdiction worldwide. So tell us why and how that works.
1: Yeah. So the FBI, we only have jurisdiction within the U.S. and its territories. But the great thing about this website that we have, the IC3, anyone located anywhere throughout the world can use this. And the great thing about it, it's a repository, like I said, for any crime involving the Internet. So what we do is we collect those complaints and the folks there, they will collect the information, they analyze it, and then they marry up potentially related complaints. So, for example, let's say somebody loses $5,000. Now, then that may not rise to the level of a federal investigation, but if we get multiple related complaints. For example, if we get 10, let's say, spread out across the U.S. and we've got some folks maybe in Europe, so we can aggregate that and then we can justify the opening of investigation and possibly prosecution if we can identify and locate the perpetrators. So that's why it's a great resource for us because obviously a lot of victims are reluctant to come forward. So reporting it online Also gives them, I think, a little bit more comfort that they don't have to face anybody, you know, in person, and they don't have to be judged or ridiculed, uh, which I have heard from some victims. So I think it's a little bit easier because you can do it from the comfort of your own home. All you need is either a smartphone or or a tablet or a computer, and you can file that complaint. And so again, what this does is it gives us the ability to investigate throughout the country and we can determine whether victims are you know across the states whereas your local law enforcement unfortunately only has jurisdiction in that particular either city or county so they're very limited and oftentimes they're not able to help the victims so they'll either refer them to us or they'll just close that complaint with no further action and in addition to that, the FBI does work with some foreign governments, and we can share information and assist each other with those investigations. So, we have been involved with some investigations involving some organized crime groups in Africa and worked with the Nigerian government before to help bring some of these people to
0: justice. victims are going to love to hear that. That's one of the questions they were asking me is if you guys were ever in contact with the governments and police officers in Nigeria. (laughs)
1: Yes, absolutely. And we've had some successes. Those successes um you could probably find online looking for news reports. And I'm happy to report that they do cooperate with us and it's not necessarily a quick process, but it is a process nonetheless and people have been brought to justice through that mechanism.
0: What about victims are always trying to find the real identity of their scammer? Is that something they can do and is that something you even recommend?
1: I would not personally recommend that. Oftentimes, we have tools and resources at our disposal that a victim wouldn't. And then, you know, they may inadvertently do something that may compromise an investigation. So if a victim does come forward to report a potential crime, they just need to provide what information they have collected um, during their relationship with this individual. And once they turn it over to us, they just, um, at that point, need to trust in law enforcement that we're going to do our job. And um, we pretty much don't want them to let anyone know that investigation is ongoing, but we also don't want them to interfere unless it of course is by our direction.
0: And let's clear up a couple rumors here. One of the rumors is that the FBI will only investigate if the victim was scammed out of $10,000. Is that true?
1: No, it's not. We do have to report to the federal prosecutor's office and as any, you know, agency, uh, we are limited in our resources, so they will generally only take the most egregious types of cases, but like I said earlier, one victim may have only lost 10,000, but I may find, you know, 30 other victims, and collectively we can get that loss figure up to justify an investigation and prosecution so there is no real magic number and it also depends on where that victim is located so for example where i'm located now i mean it's a small town or city if you will so we may not have those types of cases with those really large losses so our prosecutive body may be able to take cases that are less of a loss as opposed to maybe LA, Miami, or Houston, those larger offices, they may be a little bit more restrained than we are here. But the loss amount shouldn't deter any victim. I would encourage anyone who feels that they may be a victim or know for sure that they're a victim and they've been defrauded, I would encourage them to report it. It's never too late. I mean, there are statute of limitations, but again, a lot of people don't know the laws surrounding particular crimes. And I would just always would recommend that they contact us and report it and let us determine, you know, what's a crime and what the statute is and the dollar amounts and so forth. So romance scams have been around for roughly 20 years from what I can see. I think it's just gaining more attention. And the more that victims report the information, more people are becoming aware of it. So it's really about education, so we can prevent this crime from happening. So the more we talk about it, the more we remove that stigma attached to these victims. And I think the more comfortable they will be with coming forward. So it's not that the crime is new. It's just that people are talking about it more often now. Thankfully, there are victims who have that courage that will come forward and tell their stories because they are embarrassed and oftentimes humiliated. So Thankfully, we have those women and men, actually, who are able to come forward, share that story, share the information, which then in turn hopefully encourages other victims as well. So it's nothing new, and I'm sure that we will continue to see this as a crime problem. In fact, romance scams, according to our statistics, um, have the second largest losses worldwide, only second to the business email compromise scam. So this is a very lucrative crime and it's definitely not going to go away
0: and do you see a certain type of people or person victimized or does it run the gamut
1: well typically what we see are women who are victimized more often and it's typically over the age of 50 you know women who are generally looking for love so it could be someone that's widowed or someone divorced but that's generally who is being targeted I feel that it's the older population, of course, because that's who's accumulated some wealth. You know, younger people in their 20s, 30s don't usually have disposable cash or at least enough to keep pursuing. So statistically, we're seeing, of course, more women and who are online, of course, a lot of times on these dating websites searching for a companion.
0: And how willing are the um, social media and dating sites, how willing are they to work with the FBI? They're pretty protective over their data.
1: I haven't had any contact with them personally. That would be more of a question for our headquarters. Um, I do know there are some individuals in the private sector who are campaigning uh, Congress and social media companies to be more vigilant, to you know, do more in the way of their customers, to protect them more. But I don't know if uh, how much success they've had and where they're at with that. I just know that there are people trying to have laws developed for more protection for the consumers of these products. As we discuss it more, and as this comes to the the forefront and and we realize how prevalent this crime is, more is being done in the way to help victims. We're making a lot of progress. So I would just encourage people if they're not sure that they were a victim or they are having a difficulty coming to terms with it, because we, we do see that a lot with our investigations that we will approach a victim and they are in complete disbelief that they uh, have been defrauded. They may not want to believe that they were defrauded. So sometimes we have a little bit of pushback, uh, which of course is not good for the investigation. And we, we would like everyone to, you know, of course, to cooperate because we need to collect that evidence so that we can pursue the investigation and and potentially charges against the scammers. So if someone does feel that they may be a victim, but they're unsure, the information is out there and there's really good information online. They just need to Google romance scams and they'll get multiple websites that they they can review.
0: We think about these scammers being out of the country, but there are some here in the US. Do you find much of that?
1: Romance scams are somewhat challenging to investigate. Uh, I'm not sure how much success the FBI has had because, again, I'm I'm just one agent working these cases. And, um, again, that might be a better question for headquarters. But there are people, there are scammers in the U.S. as well as, of course, overseas. Um, I have been involved in cases that have resulted in the arrest of individuals that have lived in the U.S. or co-conspirators who have been involved. So we obviously have a presence here as well as overseas and sometimes they you know work in conjunction with each other so uh, we see that these are more like conspiracies and generally speaking there are more than one one skimmer involved with one victim we've seen that where there's of course like a hierarchy if you will when we start looking into investigation we're anticipating finding multiple multiple perpetrators
0: and one thing i worried about with my mom because it was such a large amount of money is I've read that the scammer may be out of the country, but they may have a person here following her to the bank and home to make sure she doesn't take off with the money. Have you heard anything mm. like that?
1: I have not heard that. I would have a hard time believing that just from my personal experience. I mean, working in these cases, I've been an agent for 21 years. I have not heard of that. I have not seen that. None of our intelligence has revealed that as far as the work I've done. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I think putting that information out there would be um, maybe frightful (laughs) for some people to hear. These people, I have not seen any incidents of violence. I don't want to necessarily put that out there unless there's evidence to back that up. What I have seen is that the scammers want proof that the victim has deposited the funds or withdrawn the funds or wire transfer them. So what they will do is ask their victims to take a photograph, uh, you know, with their phones, take a photograph of the deposit slip or the receipt or what have you, and then text it to them or email it to them. So what the scammer is getting is that proof that that transaction has occurred. That happens real time. They want that done immediately. And I have seen evidence of that um, as well as Victims have reported that information, but I have not had any reporting that there has been any type of um, following or surveillance or anything to that effect.
0: That makes me feel better because I was worried about her safety, you know.
1: Yeah. And and generally, like I said, generally speaking, this is a very low risk crime. So sending people out on foot or in vehicles following victims, I, I think that just presents an opportunity for law enforcement to catch these people. And it's not necessary because victims are compliant. They, you know, they very willingly send this money to the scammer. So I don't think it necessitates putting people on the ground, you know, putting bad guys on the ground to follow the victims.
0: Another concern is the victims actually muling money. Have there been Mm -hmm. a lot of prosecutions on that front as far as you've seen personally?
1: I have not seen that, but the FBI, we are taking action Uh, against the money mules. So I know that in South Florida, there's a large network of money mules and there have been a lot of arrests in that jurisdiction. What we are doing is giving victims who unknowingly participate in money mule activity, we are notifying them, we're of course interviewing them, and then we're notifying them that they have been participating in money mule activity, that it is against the law and we are giving them a letter which outlines that information and they're being required to, you know, course sign and date it that goes into the file. And should they not cease and desist that activity that could be used against them and we could prosecute them. Now, I've never seen where a victim continues to do so after we have admonished them. So that has not come to light, but the money mule who is involved knowingly, And who assists a scammer, that's a different scenario. And that's what we saw in Miami. And that's why all those arrests took place. So you have, so that we do make a distinction between a victim who's doing it without really the knowledge that it's a crime versus a criminal or someone who is benefiting from it because they're taking a cut of that money that they're moving. And they, of course, are knowingly and willingly moving money, laundering money. So those individuals will be prosecuted.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because we understand there is a distinction. You know, we're here to protect our citizens. And so like I said it, it, to me it all goes back to education. We need to let people, particularly the victims, know that what you're doing is not right and it's also against the law. So, once they've been told that, that's it. They get one warning and the rest is, you know, up to them whether they want to continue that behavior or not. I did do an interview uh, regarding a case I investigated in Houston when I worked there. I think it's a great story for a couple of reasons. This victim only came forward because her accountant discovered that she had lost almost $2 million. And that's staggering. That's a staggering number for anyone. And she did not realize that she was part of a romance scam. So. The fact is that somebody had to alert her to this, but I commend her for listening and taking the advice of her accountant and coming forward to report that because she was suicidal. This all came out and she realized what she had done. And so I, I commend her for coming forward. Uh, I think it's a great success story because she was timely in her reporting. So she was still communicating with the scammers. And as such, we were able to set up a sting operation, essentially, and we arrested two Nigerian nationals who were traveling from Africa to the U.S. to collect more monies from the victim. So they were still engaged with her. And that's why I encourage victims If you're still involved with someone who you feel is defrauding you, that needs to be reported immediately. And there's actually another reason that that needs to be reported. The FBI actually has the ability to recall wire transfers if it's within a certain period of time. So if a victim sends money and they determine that it was fraudulent, they need to contact their banks and the FBI immediately. And we can try to recall that wire. But if they wait a week, two weeks, a month, two years, the money's gone. And we're going to have probably zero chance of recouping that. Now, of course, when someone is arrested, charged, and convicted, we will always seek restitution, but there's no guarantee that they'll get their money back. So with this particular story, she was able to come forward. We arrested them. They pled guilty and they were convicted. They were sentenced to prison, and then upon their release, they were deported back to Nigeria. So unfortunately, the victim did not recoup her money, but there was justice. There was some justice for what happened, and she was able to get back on her feet with the uh, help of some support, some therapy. You know, She was able to put her life back together, and really with her coming forward, This has opened up so many doors for me to get this information out to the public. To me, education is the best prevention. So if we talk about it, get rid of the stigma, and encourage people to come forward, we can help prevent other people from becoming victims.
0: Since the interview with Agent Binding, I've been thinking a lot about the lack of response question. The number of victims is just so much greater than the number of agents. I mean, think about it. The FBI loves catching scumbags. That's what they do. Now, before the interview, I asked Facebook followers what questions they wanted me to ask. I had the page up during the interview so I could get to all of them. I'm quickly learning that Facebook is the most effective way of communicating with all of you, and that more so than email or any other social media platform. So if there's something you'd like me to cover, post it there. Now, one question we didn't get to is the business question. A couple of listeners are starting businesses to stop scams before they happen. I asked Agent Binding if there's a contact person at the FBI to handle those questions. It's really not her area, so she says the best way to get started is with public affairs, and they can direct you to the right departments. Until next time, Scammer Warriors.